0: Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Genesis 42, he accuses them of being spies and he says, by this you will be tested 15. By the life of Pharaoh... You shall not go from this place and yes, unless your youngest brother comes here. And I had to be looking at each other going, what? Why does he want our youngest brother to come? We just came here for grain, man. Why is this guy grilling us? What is going on? So he says, send one of you that he may get your brother while you remain confined, that your words may be tested whether there is truth in you. But if not, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. Now, Joseph's probably concerned about the welfare of his younger brother. He knows how these brothers treated him. So he's thinking, well, maybe the best way I can get Benjamin here is to, you know, get one of them to bring him back. So he put them all together in prison for three days. Can you imagine this? What what happened again? I don't know, this ruler, man. Maybe he's having a bad day and prison cell shuts, and there you are in the prison. And once again, Joseph is doing to his brothers what happened to him. Can you imagine when the cell door locked, them thinking, we're in prison in Egypt, and we may never see the homeland and our family again. They're probably going through exactly what Joseph went through. But not for three days. For Joseph, it was years. And now he gives them a little bit of time to think about. And as they were in their jailhouse experience, the prison cell experience, do you think they started doing some soul searching? you think they started thinking about their brother? you think maybe God was speaking to their conscience? You know, we, we know that there's been a lot of people that have had jailhouse conversions and I'm not gonna demean that because sometimes when you have a jailhouse conversion, you have no place else to go. And so they usually give out Bibles and 25 pound dumbbells. So there you go. And people start reading the Bibles and, and there there have been people that have been born again in prison. And they've come to realize what they've done. They have time to think. Three days in an Egyptian prison provided sufficient terror-filled time for reflection and soul-searching, for hearing the siren of their conscience blazing all around them. Can you imagine? They started to realize, hmm, there may be something more going on here. They started to think, you know, maybe God is behind all of this. We've all had those moments, right? We have a bad day, we get a flat tire, and we say, I don't know what I did! To deserve this right and sometimes when we do that it's really nothing other than there's just life just happens but sometimes circumstances happen and god may be trying to get our attention and certainly that is in the bible it's not always the case but sometimes god does use these kinds of things so joseph said to them on the third day do this and live for i fear god so he's given them a little taste of prison but he's saying do this and live do what i asked you go get your younger brother and then he had to stun them he's an egyptian pharaoh the egyptian or he's second in line to the pharaoh were believed to be gods themselves and he says i fear elohim they had to be a little stunned by that you fear god the one true god hmm interesting he says, if you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined in your prison. Uh, but as for you, for the rest of you, go carry grain for the famine of your households. So he says, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll leave one behind. Just, just a side note. Some of you, this, this stuck out to you. Do this and live is really what the Torah parts of the Torah say, and Jesus said this in Luke 10, 28, none of us can fulfill the law perfectly, but do this and live as the ring of the Torah. And um, it's just kind of an interesting side note. So he says, leave one behind, just like Joseph had to be left behind from his family, and bring your youngest brother to me, 20, so your words may be verified and you will not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, truly, now here's where it starts, right? Truly we are guilty concerning our brother because we saw the distress of his soul when he pleaded with us, yet we would not listen. Therefore this distress has come upon us. We saw his distress of his soul, and now we have distress. And now they're going, "Uh uh-oh. Things are coming full circle. This is coming back on our head. One writer says, This is Walton. He says, We discover that in the 13 intervening years, the guilt and recriminations experienced by Joseph's brothers have enslaved and imprisoned them, no less than Joseph's chains had done to him, or probably more. What I'm saying is, they may have been more in chains than he was. You know, but he didn't know that. But here they were. You know, they did this terrible deed they did it in a moment of anger and jealousy and envy and now they had a life of regret 13 years And remember joseph knows their language so as they talk amongst themselves they think that they're just talking to each other but joseph can understand what they're saying and reuben answered and said did i not tell you do not sin against the boy and you would not listen Now comes the reckoning for his blood. Now, this is interesting because by saying the reckoning of his blood, it's Genesis 9, 6. If you shed someone's blood, your blood should be shed. An early teaching about capital punishment in the Bible. By saying his blood, does that mean Reuben thinks he's dead? Possibly. And he's saying now is the time of reckoning has come. I told you guys, I pleaded with you. Now, remember Joseph hears, now he knows that Reuben was not consenting with the plan. How many times did he revisit each brother's face and say, why? Why Reuben? Why Simon? Why Judah? Why? Now he knows one of the brothers was trying to save him. And a couple of them stepped up. I think Judah also stepped up at the time, but now he he's hearing what they're talking about. He's seeing that their hearts are beginning to be revealed. They did not know, however, that Joseph understood twenty-three, for there was an interpreter between them. The truth hurts, but there can be such a thing as healing pain. And sometimes, you know, have you been there before where you're in a church service or you're in your car? Something's just gone wrong. You just made a bad move, a bad decision, said a negative thing, not responded spiritually, and something comes on and it just was like, shoo! <laughs> or Pastor Michael has a copy of my diary. He's got people following me during the week. We do. We actually do. We have people assigned to each of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? And so the Holy Spirit says, speak something like, Ow! Oh, why did I go to church tonight? I was going to just go to Del Taco. (laughs) But the truth is, the pain or the conviction can bring healing. You see, unless you confront your sin, you're never going to really have a chance to deal with it. If your sin gets exposed, as, as uncomfortable as it is, it will lead you to healing. And sometimes it'll lead you right back to the foot of the cross where we all need to be. And when Joseph heard all this stuff, he turned away from them and wept. Joseph could not contain himself anymore. But he didn't want them to see him cry. So some way he turned around or turned away or went behind something and he just began to weep. Because now he was finding out information that he didn't know. He didn't understand all these dynamics that were going on. And remember, when we replace something in our minds or something has gone wrong, we think the worst. There's typically no light there. Few of us think the best about, you know, someone's intentions. And so he turned away and he wept. But when he returned to them and spoke to them, he took Simeon. By the way, Simeon's name is interesting. Simeon's name means God hears, He took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Now, much like Joseph was bound before the brothers' eyes, now Simeon gets bound, and here uh, he, you know, he does all of this in front of them. And now, here is their guilt and sorrow, and here is conviction. Sometimes we wonder in life: Do those who have hurt us ever think about what they did to us? Do they have conviction and regret? We can't always know that answer but after 13 long years joseph was uh getting to see a little bit of god's grace he was getting to see a little bit of what he didn't know about one thing i can say to you having gone through my share of pain just like i'm sure all of you have is that even when someone else may not feel regret or i never get the answer as to what they may feel i know god cares I know Jesus is my merciful and faithful high priest who was in all points tested as we yet without sin. I know he can empathize and sympathize. And often, uh, you know, because uh, we live this life and we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, he'll remind me and show me in little and big ways how faithful he is. God knows your pain. Uh, I've shared this before, but... um, I'll say it again because it may benefit somebody and this is not for for me to play the victim because this is long behind me. But my dad bailed on our family when I was four. And uh the secretary in the church office was on that ancestry website and she was doing a little research on her family. This is some years ago. And she said, Hey, you can put anybody's name in here and find out what you know where they are and what's going on. And so I had her put my dad's name in there, and I hadn't talked to my dad in 30-some-odd years, and he had bailed on the family. I never saw him again. And it had said that uh, his name came up, and it had said that he had died three years before that. And, you know, as a, as a man, we all have these things in our past where you think, well, maybe one day my dad will decide to call me, and he may have another life, but, you know, maybe there's some regret. But when I saw he was dead, and I quickly called my mom, his Social Security number was there. She verified it. My dad was dead, gone. There are no, ch- no second chances here, no opportunity to talk to him and find out his side of a story or what happened. It was over. You know, I couldn't do that, but God hears. God is the father of the fatherless and what? The defender of widows. James 5.4, he says, Behold, the, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields which has been withheld by you, cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. God knows. Hey, folks! This is Pastor Michael Lanson. This is Living Truth Radio, and we'll be back to the teaching in a moment. I want to tell you about a special offer that we have available at Living Truth Radio. It's a book that I've written called "Suit Up: Putting on the Full Armor of God." It's all about spiritual warfare. It's all about how to overcome temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it's a special offer. Go to our website, LivingTruthRadio.org click on the donate button and for any donation, we will send you a copy of that book. Just let us know in the contact form that you'd like a copy of that book. And now back to the teaching. God knows when people do you wrong. God hears. Simeon's name is beautifully woven here as God hears and Simeon stays behind in the prison. Would they, would the brothers hear God's voice? You know, once they got out of there and the, and the prison doors shut for Simeon, the brothers could have said, oh, we ain't going back. Uh-uh, that dude's crazy. He's like number two Egyptian ruler, and I don't care. I'm not going back. You see, this was a test too to see if they would go back and get Benjamin, which was going to be really tough to drop that one on Dad. Uh, Dad, <laughs> we got to update you on current situation. Uh, we got to bring Benjamin back, and Simeon's there, right? You might want to just stay at a hotel for a few days <laughs> and decide which which one of you is going to talk for the group, right? Well, all of a sudden now the test is before them. Will they come back for their brothers? Do they care? Have they changed? Well, these are all the issues that are before us. So Joseph gave orders, 25, to fill their bags with grain and restore every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey, and thus it was done for them. So they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed from there. And uh, they're going to talk about Joseph's actions later. Was it a gift, a mistake, a setup? And as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money, and behold, it was in the mouth of his sack. And then he said to his brother, My money has been returned, and behold, it is even in my sack. And their hearts sank, and they turned trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? Oh, no! We got our money back! for the grain, right? Have you ever had gotten too much change from a place? And you thought, this is glorious. <laughs> An extra 20 bucks, right? And your little kids are with you that you take to Sunday school every week. Daddy, did he give you too much money? Quiet. <laughs> Shh. And you go back so uh, again not this is not a story about to puff me up but but it comes to mind so I uh, I turned a mower into a lawnmower shop and I, I was at one of those points and we've all probably been there those of us who do our own lawns should I buy a new one or have this thing fixed so I looked up a lawnmower repair shop and uh, I went there and brought my mower and I said what do you think oh we can take care of this the guy said he was Great guy behind the counter, you know. People don't often even change the oil on these things. Oh, we'll fix it up. And so I said, "How much?" So we agreed on a price, and uh, I brought my credit card in when it was all done. I loaded the mower on my truck, and uh, he ran my credit card. I wasn't paying too much attention at the time. Signed everything, and I looked, and I realized that um, he had undercharged me for the price we had agreed. And so I was at the edge of the parking lot, just about to turn onto a main street, and I went, hmm. <laughs> it was kind of like the Lord saying, turn around and go tell him. But Lord, I got to, right, all your excuses. I turned around went back into the motor shop. and I said, hey, sir, and he was having a hairy time. There was a lot of phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, I, I think you undercharged me. And he went, what? And he looked, and he went, oh, wow thank you he goes how refreshing thank you and I said well sir I I kind of have to tell the truth I'm a pastor (laughs) I said here's a card for the church I pastor this church so if you ever want oh we've been looking for a church he said in fact we've been talking to our kids and they've been encouraging us to get back in church it's been a while and thank you we'll be there do you know That couple is in one of the front rows in this church. Every Sunday, they can physically be here. And again, it's just God. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, an extra. (laughs) Whatever the money might be, right? It's nothing, right? It's nothing. God wants us to do the right thing. So they saw the money, and they're like, oh, wow. God's hand is in this whole thing's. This whole thing, Joseph's brothers realized that their sins were first and foremost against who? God, against you and you only have I sinned, David said, Psalm 51. And when they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. They said, The man, yeah, yeah, all right, there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Where's Simeon? Okay, Dad, well, uh, the man, the Lord of the land, spoke harshly with us, 30. He took us for spies of the country, but we said to him, we're honest men, we're not spies. Dad went, Psh. <laughs> Anyway, we are 12 brothers, sons of our father. One is no more. The youngest is with our father today in the land of Canaan. And the man, the Lord of the land, said to us, by this I shall know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me and take grain for the famine of your households and go, but bring your youngest brother to me that I may know that you are not spies, but honest men. I will give your brother to you, and you may trade in the land. Now it came about as they were emptying their sacks, that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw their bundles of money, they were dismayed. And their father Jacob said to them, you have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you would take Benjamin. All things are against me. Ever had one of those days? The NIV puts it well. Everything is against me. You guys are against me. Everything is against me. Maybe implied in this, God is against me. Sometimes we don't want to say it, right? But you know what? Jacob, God is not against you. He's for you. In fact, he's been weaving together a plan to save the nation by that will bear your name, Israel. If you only knew what God was doing, sometimes here we are, everything is against me. And God's going, oh, Jacob. No, I'm working. But look, we all have those moments when circumstances are overwhelming. Can you relate? Have you had a week like that? A month like that? A year like that? Can I tell you, dear saint, God is not against you. He's for you. Romans chapter 8. And if God is for us, who can be against us? But Joseph still had to face what he faced. Jacob did. Then Reuben spoke to his father, and he said, you may put my two sons to death. I don't know if they were standing there. (laughs) What? (laughs) If I do not bring him back to you, put him in my care and I will return him to you. But Jacob said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he alone is left. If harm should befall him on the journey you are taking, then you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol in sorrow. Dad is just, like, broken. Jacob's mention of his gray hair indicates the toll that his grief and sorrow had taken upon his life. But all of Jacob's gray hairs were unnecessary because Joseph was alive. But all Jacob knew was the story that his lying sons had told him. And so for th- some 13 years, the gray hairs flowed and he was stressed. We have a brother in our fellowship. He's a dear brother. You turn to Philippians 4 and we're done. And he says... You see every one of these gray hairs? I've earned every one of them. Philippians 4. And all God's people said, if you have any gray hair, all God's people said, I color it. <laughs> Just kidding. nah. Philippians 4. You know, as we conclude this this chapter, and we'll pick it up next time. Look, we do do some unnecessary worrying, don't we? We probably all have our share of missing hair, gray hair, whatever, it, however it manifests itself, because we're not sure that we always can trust God. Amen? And we're in circumstances and seasons and years, and we go, man, I know these promises, but, oh. And Jacob did all that worrying and all that mourning, and look, this is all he had to go on, but, but God was, his providence was over it all. Here's what the Bible says we conclude with this. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Let your mind dwell on these things. Paul's, by the way, writing from prison. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned... The Greek word here is by a process of learning. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Can you say it with me? I can do all things through Christ strengthens me fast forward all the way to the end of the book we've been uh, at least considering that Genesis 50 verse 20 is a theme verse for much of the book of Genesis at least the uh, story of Joseph you suggested that he was as time went on he was kind of working things out and then finally he makes that great statement what you intended for evil God meant for good to save many people alive but he had to almost come full circle uh, to come to that point where he could see the big picture and then see the hand of God. And time, a lot of time had gone by. When you think about the providential hand of God and you think about God, you know, working things together for good, uh, Joseph was able to look back at that point, but mm. man, there had to be a lot of uh, turns and twists along the way. One of the things, too, is that in the New Testament, I'm sure we we're called and challenged to be Christ-like. That doesn't mean, obviously, the, uh, the attributes, but to have compassion, to love one another. And in this case, we had seen where Joseph was separated from his family, taken to Egypt, uh, taken to Potiphar's house, thrown in jail, and all these things. And he never lost his relationship nor faith with God. Now, would God want us to act contrary to his attributes or how he wants us to be? Well, Oscar, I think, you know, when, when you're mentioning that, um, God had a bigger plan. And it's it's not something that we think about enough, but God is this transcendent, amazing being that's always working on multiple levels that we can't even imagine. And he is working for our good, but he's all, also working for his glory, right? Mm-hmm. And the big picture was that God was doing something that was going to affect the, the nation of Israel, the Gentiles, the people of the world into eternity. Yes. Um, the... There was a bigger plan, and sometimes when we're stuck in a dungeon, emotionally, spiritually, or otherwise, we're trying to figure out what God is doing. We're wondering why this happened, and I'm not saying everything that happened to happens to us is, you know, God uh, behind it. But God can still exploit the evil intentions of man for His good purposes. That's the majesty of our God. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again. Learn more about our church in Corona or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.